Let us now go to New Hampshire, where Citizen Bacon is standing by. David Bacon is a citizen journalist who covers the New Hampshire primary for the David Feldman podcast thing. Welcome back, David Bacon. Oh, thank you, David Feldman. How are you today? I'm good. You're the best, man. You're the best. I'm trying. I mean, all the other reporters are the best, actually. Jesus Christ, they're so good. But um, you, yeah, ask so we the, have, uh, you ask the questions nobody else is willing to ask. Like, where's well, the men's sometimes. Room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one, no one dares stoop that low. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hey, I have but an idea. Don't answer it. I have an idea. Yeah. You know, you could go through the halls of Congress. I've been looking into this. We can get you a press pass. And okay. would you be interested in wandering around the halls of the Capitol? Chasing down the Congress people? Yeah. I mean, I I would totally do that. I have, um, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, years ago, yeah, I could do that. What? I've you're holding, you're holding something back. What? Well, you know, I am like a, you know, I, I like do a lot of art things. With feces, you know? as I remember. Well, that was one, that was, that was just, that was one thing. Um, so like a, a long, long time ago when I was still living in Florida, I had to go up to DC for something, but I was making, a, I was making movies then. And I made a movie called Silverman with this little, uh, uh, this little guy who would fold up and I could put it in my backpack. So I was making little short clips. With a guy who you there. could put in a backpack? Yeah. It was like a mannequin, but you could fold him up. He was like made of that, like, uh, Movable, uh, not rubbery, whatever. I don't know, like a metal covered with foam that you could bend and shape. Okay, so he wasn't him. he wasn't alive. No, 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 wasn't alive. I covered him with aluminum foil, and I called him Silverman, and I did like Silverman is, goes to D.C. Just like what was that? Mister Smith goes to D.C. Right. So I just filmed him in little places all around Washington D.C. Like the AIDS quilt was there at the time, so I mm-hmm. like put him on the AIDS quilt. And I stepped back. And then someone, like, thought that was maybe my gay dead lover and tried to help me and whatever. I put him on the Ferris wheel, and I jumped off and got in trouble for that. But I I didn't realize you can't break the plane of the White House fence. You know, at that time, you could still go up to the fence. Now I think there's multiple layers of whatever. So, you know, I went up and I put him on the White House fence and then went back to get my shots of him. And then, oh, there was a lot of commotion on the roof of the White House. And then dudes came out of the ground with guns. And then the sirens came. And then they, you know, step away from the crew. So are you allowed band. back in Washington, D.C.? I am allowed back in Washington, D.C., but they know of me. That's all. Okay. We'll call it Bacon Looks for Pork. Bacon Looks for Pork. That's good. You come up with good names. Well, you know. Trying to keep you busy, trying yeah, to help you, I mean, trying to help you let me exploit you. Are you going to Canada yeah. to find the one honest I Canadian went to who... Canada. Huh? I already went to Canada. Yeah, but you didn't find the one honest Canadian who would prefer American health care over Canadian. Yeah, exactly. That's an impossible find. I, well, I, I proved you right. You can't find them. And how's the drinking going? Uh, right now it's water. Good so, for you. You know, good for you. Different day, different uh, poison. The first step is admitting that you have a problem. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so if, yeah. if I hear any scratching, it's the imaginary spiders. But good for you. 
All right. What do you have for us? Okay. Well, usually I try to play the stuff like generally in order of the way I get it. But since there's all this commotion and, you know, rightfully so about this assassination that occurred recently, um, I think we're going to jump the gun and go right to um, Pete's stuff. This is, this is going to be from January 3. This is up in North Conway. I believe this is the first time Pete is talking about this assassination. And um, so the gaggle is just going to be solid questions about about, uh, about that. I, of course, am there, and I don't think, because I don't have a, a smartphone and stuff, like, I'm there, I don't know this has happened and stuff. Ah. So I, I'm like, and there's, like, big-time reporters. Like, they're talking about this. I'm next to this, like, really attractive uh gigantic diamond ring on her finger, you know, reporter lady. And I'm like, I talking to her. I'm like, okay, I don't watch TV. So are you some big reporter lady? And, you know, she's just like, oh, I'm CNN, whoever, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. but, um, so, you know, I knew something was going on and then it was just war questions, but I still tried to get in a question. You know, I did not get it in. He didn't, I didn't even get all the words in, but I was going to ask him something totally unrelated to that because, you know, there's other, you know, I still want, I'm curious about whether or not he's going to add more people to the uh, Supreme Court, which he right. wanted to originally, but, you know, I don't think he wants to do that anymore. But, you know, to try to break up that, you know, just boom, 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 things all about the, uh, the shooting. Okay. So this so. is Mayor Pete talking about. Well, he's the, not a mayor anymore. You're absolutely correct. Although they still refer to him as Mayor Pete, even though he is not a mayor. But, right. and I don't know, you don't keep that one. I, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is uh, Pete Buttigieg talking about the assassination of General Suleiman. This is from the 3rd of January. Correct. Mayor Pete. Oh. So he answered it in Sicilian. Well, you know how many, he he knows all those languages, so it's just that Italian doesn't surprise me. It's Sicilian. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Did he answer in English? Because, you know, he speaks seven or eight languages. This is Mayor Pete talking in English about the assassination. Yeah, and it's just going to cut right into the, you're going to, oh, the other thing is, this this was a pretty big gaggle, and since everyone has their own, like, microphone, you know, those aren't obvious, they're being recorded from them. So some of the questions are going to be harder to hear, but they're usually not too long, and you're going to hear Pete's answer, so you're going to know generally what the question was, you know, so okay. it's not like perfect because I can't anyway, okay. you'll hear. Mayor Pete. In the region that prompted this attack, killing so many in, uh, in Iraq, do you think that's enough of a justification for this kind of attack? You know, there's a lot more to this than whether he was planning an attack. A guy like Soleimani was planning an attack just about every day, and that should be taken seriously. The question is, what are the repercussions of a decision like this? This is not a game. Uh, this is going to have consequences. And having served overseas, I know the real-life consequences that we could face, especially if this is going to lead to a war. Uh, unfortunately, at a time like this, when it is so important that the American president and administration be credible, uh, American credibility is unusually low. We are going to need our allies. We are going to need a strategy. And we're going to need answers fast to make sure that whatever happens next is going to benefit, not harm, stability in the region and American national interests. 
Do you believe? Do you believe Mike Pompeo when he says something like that? Do you believe the administration when they say this attack was justified by the intelligence? Again, the question is not whether Suleimani was up to something bad. Any given day, he was up to something very bad. The question is, was this a strategic decision? Was the role of Congress supported and respected? Were our allies consulted, and have they actually thought through the consequences that this is going to have? Uh, Suleimani was a bad guy under President Obama, and he was a bad guy under President Bush. Uh, but they did not decide to uh, take on an action uh, that would be as provocative as this, especially uh, in a third country like Iraq. I want to see whether they've thought through the consequences for what, if any, American influence and presence would be left in Iraq, or whether we just empowered the Iranian regime to consolidate their grip. Maybe they've thought through these things. If they have, uh, I, I would like to see them show that they've actually thought. Mayor, 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 Well, what we know is that it just became a lot harder for anyone in Iraq to support an Iraqi politics to support an American presence. Now, uh, uh, I believe that we should not have invaded in the first place, but now that the situation is what it is, we've got to make sure that American interests are protected, in particular that we have kind of intelligence assets that we need on the ground. That just got a lot harder, and it's one of the examples of the secondary effects uh, that we need to see if this administration has thought through or not. I think one of our strengths is that we have been able to reach out to independence. Uh, I'm not pretending to be conservative, but I am offering a message that will uh, in involve and welcome. Uh, Democrats, independents, and a lot of these Republicans I talked to who are as disgusted as, as uh, the rest of us with what's happening in this White House under the banner of their party. This is a moment like we haven't had, uh, I think in my lifetime, to uh, draw people who haven't been part of maybe my party in the past, but who definitely don't want to be part of what the Republican Party is. But for folks, these 18-year-olds that are graduating high school that have grown up in war, for folks who are looking at the Middle East from beyond, what role can the U.S. actually play in stabilizing the The U.S. has diplomatic, economic, intelligence, and informational tools, as well as the military. And the role of the U.S. should be one that only contemplates the use of force when there is no reasonable alternative, but does engage to try to guide things toward peace and stability. We cannot be responsible for the Middle East becoming uh, a, a region full of prosperous Western-style democracies anytime soon. But we do have a, a security responsibility to make sure that American interests are protected, and a moral responsibility to do our part uh, to advance peace and stability in that region. And uh, every decision that the Commander-in-Chief makes bears on that. I'm gravely concerned about the consequences of the decision that was made uh, most recently. And again, this is not a game. Uh, I know uh, how many people, especially military families, friends that I serve with, are going to wonder what this means for them. The consequences could not be more real. Mayor, you said that you want to remove all U.S. troops in Afghanistan within your first year, Vice President. If tensions with Iran continue to increase, if this escalates into a conflict, do you still want to do that? We have already found ourselves spread thin. One of the things that made the Afghanistan mission a challenge was the uh, invasion of Iraq that distracted our forces. If we now have further complication, volatility, and even engagement of forces uh, in the Middle East, uh, that can only make things more challenging globally for the United States military. It's one more reason, excuse me, it's one more reason why we need to act 
to ensure that we draw down our uh, larger ground presence in Afghanistan and, above all, work to ensure that we never enter an avoidable conflict or an endless war in the Middle East. Mayor, are Americans safer as a result of the actions of last night? Well, uh, the world uh, is certainly uh, a dangerous place either way. Uh, look, Qasem uh, Soleimani and the IRGC in general, the Quds Force in particular, did their part to make the world a more dangerous place. They will continue to do it, uh, even though the leadership has just been killed, because somebody else will be in that role and, as we speak, is plotting retaliation against American leaders. Uh, the reality is that uh, we have seen time and time again how taking out a bad guy is not a good decision unless there's a plan on what to do next. And we have seen very little evidence of the kind of consultations domestically and internationally and the kind of strategic planning that would be necessary to reassure, certainly me, uh, that this decision was made with the consequences fully understood. You mentioned yeah. that previous presidents had declined to go after Soleimani in this way. What do you think is behind the timing this week, now, right at this moment? Well, tough to speculate on that. Uh, we've heard some reporting that uh, it may be connected to what happened with the embassy, but it does not seem to be proportional in that regard. This is one of the most provocative things, short of an outright invasion, that the U.S. could do with respect to Iran. And uh, it's one thing to prevent uh, an attack. It's another to launch a chain reaction, as may have just happened. And let's also look at how we got here. Uh, this happened because of a chain of events that began with the withdrawal from a nuclear deal that, even according to this own administration's national security leadership, uh, was meeting its goals in terms of denuclearization. Needless to say, it is even harder to envision ever getting back to the table on that. You could also argue that we wouldn't be here if it weren't for the invasion of Iraq in the first place, uh, which I still believe was a grave mistake. Can you still want to add that? You just said this is the most provocative action short of an invasion. Is conflict now inevitable with Iran? I don't think anything's inevitable, but I'm very concerned about the volatility of this situation. Uh, now Iran will be uh, making whatever strategic decisions uh, they have to make in terms of retaliation. Uh, it, it would seem that they're going to, uh, they're feeling pressure to respond strongly, and it's one more reason why we got to think about the moves, about the counter moves. Uh, what I was trained to look at when contemplating any destabilizing event is all of the different scenarios and patterns that could emerge. And uh, we need some reassurance uh, from this administration. Uh, and Congress deserves some reassurance from this administration that that has been thought through. Candidate Trump promised to bring an end to these long-standing wars in the Middle East. For folks that have become skeptical of that, is that actually feasible to have a light footprint and have a stable well, look no further than northern Syria, uh, where we had a small number of highly specialized personnel. Their job was not to turn Syria into Switzerland. Their job was to protect American interests and keep the worst outcomes from happening. They were doing that job well when the president withdrew. There are many ways to make sure our interests are protected without following the drumbeat to war, and we should be extremely attentive to any risk of a future endless war beginning uh, or escalating with what's taking place right now. Sir, can Thank you. Can a president or presidential candidate hasn't served understand gravity? I'll say a presidential candidate who has served has a personal understanding of what we're dealing with. Uh, this is not a show. Uh, this is affecting lives not only of those I served with and military families, uh, but of civilians, American U.S. citizens across the region and potentially the entire region and ultimately the This is as serious as the Do you think your competitors have that understanding? I'm not here to say that my qualifications are a prerequisite, but I will say that uh, they make me extremely aware of the consequences of decisions made in the 
White House situation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. Hi. Thanks for coming to see me. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> How old are you? Six. Six. Would you like an autograph? Give him the pencil. All right. I'll sign it for you, and then you have something to remember us by, okay? All right. My handwriting might look a little messy, but you can tell it's me. Thanks for coming to see me. Thank you. Thank you for coming to see me. Can I get a big handshake? All right, let's try it. Good job. All right. Nice to meet you. Juliana, do you want to get together for photos? Oh, well, yeah, let's get our picture. Who's taking it for us? I got it here. Oh. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you. So Thank you. Juliana, nice job. All right, that's interesting. We should point out that uh, Donald Trump said that they will target about 52 cultural sites within Iran. But the defense secretary, Mark Esper, says, ah, we're not going to do that. And he also says that they're not pulling out of Iraq. That there was a letter that went out announcing that... The U.S. was withdrawing from Iraq, but uh, that was made by a general, not by the defense secretary. So it's good to see Trump, Trump at the helm, leading us. Chaos. Yes. Yes. Good job. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's Mayor Pete. Yeah. It's I. So I mean, he's he's a good talker. He and he handles himself very professionally in that thing. And then, boom, right at the end, that little girl is there. And the way he talks to her, you know, like, oh, um, like he, he, he doesn't think to do the picture. He, he's talking about like a handshake. He, he's like, oh, you, pro- you probably, you can't read my head. I did look at it. There's no way you could tell who it is. But he's like, you'll love me. I'm like, no, you won't. Um, and then he's like, um, what was that thing? Let's, let's get a picture. Who's, who's taking that for us? And, you know, the lady comes on. He sounds a lot like Patrick Bateman guy from um, American Psycho. The way he, you know, his like sort of tone, he's like not all there. I don't know. It's so strange. And so after that, at the end, when I left, um, like he, there was like a car out front and then his people were there. So it's like, oh, really? I'm not going to in the car. So there was a few people. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. Oh, I'm sorry. So, so there was a, there was a, like a grandma and another girl out front. And so when, and I talked to them and stuff and the little girl, I guess, liked Pete, you know, after hearing him talk or whatever. And she's like six or something. So when Pete comes out, I'm like, Hey Pete, you converted this little girl. She like, likes you now. So he like looks at her and like does a high five while he does that. The grandma is like fumbling with her phone trying to get a shot of that. The you know picture of Pete high flying her. Oh, you're, you're breaking up. She... You're you're breaking up. Oh, I'm sorry. Why why is it? Why are you breaking up? I don't know. Maybe the weather. I'm in the same place I was yesterday. Okay. Um, it's a pretty clear sky. Um. Well, anyway, so he didn't. He you know she asked him to like. Hey, can you do that again so I can get a photo? And he just kept walking, like oblivious to, you know, the little girl who he just high fived and the grandma who didn't get a picture of it, but he just didn't have time for them. And it was just so, 
It was so stupid of him. Well, does he have charisma? I mean, you say he's a great speaker. Is he a force to be reckoned with? Uh, Yeah, he's on point, but he's like, I don't know. Something's something. I don't know. Yeah, he's amazing. He's he's yeah, he's so good. He's super smart. He's on. I mean, all that this stuff just happened. That was all. I think that's the first time he's talking about it. He seems to do good. It's not like, I mean, the first lady has to sort of ask the same question. Um, he says so um, much and at the, ta- at the same time says so little. Let's go to right. clip B. Exactly. What do you got on clip yeah. B? What's this? Okay, so clip B, this is going to be um, this Gary Hirschberg. So he is the guy who introduced Pete at this event, and I guess he's following him all around. He, like, co-founded um, Stonyfield Yogurt, which is like a, I guess, it came from like an organic farm originally i don't know if they're organic entirely now so i was very curious about like oh he, he i knew he was an organic guy like oh he must he and he's so he really wants pete to win so i wanted to see what what was up with the environmental part with pete because i don't remember any pete being some great environmentalist or anything right so this is an interview with him okay here we go this is clip b and it's in new hampshire here we north go. conway okay Hi, this is David Bacon with the David Feldman Show. I'm up in uh, North Conway at the uh, Pete uh, uh, event, and the gentleman who introduced him, um, oh gosh, I'm escaping on your name. Okay, it's Gary Hirschberg. And I think you're like a head of some company or something that I believe I'm everyone the, will I, have heard of. I'm the co-founder and chief organic optimist of Stonyfield Farm Yogurt. Wow, so mm. that's what made me so interested in, okay, obviously you're, you, you said you're following Pete around at least for uh, this uh, well, he's here this weekend, but I'm in full time. I'm working all month to be oh, sure wow. this is the guy who wins our primary. Yeah. So, obviously, envir- the environment is a key thing to you, especially oh. with that, uh, that title that you just said. So, what is it about? I don't know a ton about Pete's environmental plan offhand. I know he mentioned some stuff. So, what was it that really got you, as opposed to some of the other maybe? Uh, well, there's two. There's two things. One is uh, his climate plan is as bold, as far-reaching, but also as practical. Uh, I I believe in good governance, right? And and that'll get me to the second one in a second. But it's it's, it's implementable. It's doable. We we have uh, proven at Stonyfield over 40 years that investing in reversing climate change is actually profitable. Pete gets that. You will see investments in infrastructure. The guy doesn't take money from oil and and, 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 uh, corporate PACs. Yes, he he does. Practically how to use the levers of government to actually get change done. And that leads to my second point, which is I believe mayors or governors, people who have actually been executives, are much better qualified to be presidents. This is not a legislative job, right? Right, exactly. This is about yes. doing. Right, right, right and, right. and and when you have your hands on the budgets and you've got to balance budgets, but even more importantly, you know, my, I'm a third generation manufacturer in New Hampshire. My father and grandfather ran shoe factories here. I've watched, I've enjoyed the boom, but I've also watched the bust. Right. And, and uh, South Bend, Indiana is a place that is... Lives the bust, right? Studebaker's gone. 20th century technology's gone. Pete has been implementing all manner of conservation and environmental improvements there and getting financial and economic benefits as well. So this is a guy who's actually done it. He understands the roles of government. 
He's got the right temperament. I think uh, critical to me, uh, separate from your question, is somebody who can actually beat Trump. And I think you saw on exhibit today a guy who can absolutely hold his own in a debate. What a great uh, crowd he had today. I think this is, uh, I don't want to say it was necessarily the biggest, but it was definitely the it's, most enthusiastic it, 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 crowd of his that I've it, seen in a while. Uh, a, lot of New, a lot of New Hampshireites woke up on January 1st and said, yeah. this is it. Right. It's our time. Right, right. We have uh, an incredible privilege, but we also have an incredible responsibility. This is no less than saving the world, right? Yeah, You exactly. will see this. Last night at Keene, incredible crowd. I'll be in Portsmouth tonight, Wolfboro right. tomorrow. You'll see right, it. It'll right, be standing room only. Right, right, right. Yeah, I just this, is a, ma- this is a guy who's catching fire. Yeah, I just want to mention one little thing about the environmental thing. It's so goofy that we were, like, ahead on, like, solar panels, and then we just kind of, like, let it go, and well, I don't know what happened there. Well, the EPA might now be called the Chemical Protection Agency right. under this administration. What happened is it's been a corporate takeover of our government lobbyists right. but it was probably uh, even running. before then that we let china sort of take over the solar panel industry i think yeah i mean manufacturing we have fallen behind it's true but i actually where america continues to shine is on technology development right i mean i right. drove exactly. here today exactly. on on an electric in an electric car right. powered by solar cells on my roof right. in new hampshire right i know right so I'm, I'm getting there here. but i'm not quite fully there yet no, but yeah, i mean yeah. it's here right. it's here right and and what pete understands is that you know, it's, it, we need to make a shift in attitude. Hundreds of billions of dollars of investment. I mean, it's worth reading the climate plan. It's it's right, extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. as I say, uh, it's all a matter. It's it's it, you know, you look at the subsidies of coal and oil uh, and natural gas, and he's just it's just a shift, just a pivot. Right, right, right. And and you know, as a business guy, I appreciate that. I'm in the organic foods business, right? right. Organic sequesters carbon. Organic. Um, uh, uh, cows live twice as long. Organic cows produce far less methane. That's the major contributor in the dairy world to climate. Pete understands this stuff. Right. He understands Wait, soil carbon. Cow, cows, they, they, they did less or something? They or produce we... far less methane. Okay. Organic cows because organic they're, cow. they're eating grass. Yeah. Exactly. I just that's why to get, they live twice as long. I just wanted long. to get that fact out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. It's other, also interesting to me that you were... Uh, like pro mayor and stuff, right? Which I agree that it's a great point because yes, that they're the people who do get stuff done. It's kind of interesting that the two mayoral candidates are also both Oxford scholars. So those two people are also really smart, and and that and that just I, you know I, I I always when I'm talking about Pete, I invoke the Wizard of Oz. You know, he's got brains, he's got heart. He's got courage, and he's got the temperament to lead us, help us find our way home right. as a country. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time, okay. so thank you Good so luck. much. Thank yeah, you so take much. Care. The guy's a pathological liar. This is from Down with Tyranny, yeah. Howie Klein's yeah. blog. Forbes reported last month that 40 billionaires and their spouses have donated to Pete Buttigieg's presidential campaign, according to an analysis of federal election filings making the South Bend, Indiana mayor a favorite among America's richest people. He is taking money from the billionaires and the lobbyists and the super PACs. Just lying and and lying about organic cows belching up significantly less methane. And that's just garbage. You know, what are we talking about, a percentage point? Yeah. Yeah, he he didn't want to sway from talking about uh, Pete in any way. 
the, the thing that's interesting about Pete, like, you know, the one of his lines at that last debate was something about, like, oh, I'm the only one up on the stage that's not a millionaire or a billionaire. You know, of course, he's the youngest, but he's the one who most wants to be, though. Like, he's the most determined to be the millionaire and billionaire, I think, of anyone on the stage, even though the other people might already be there. Yeah. You know, the other thing is freaking Pete's shirt is so freaking white, it's like blinding. He switch. He changes his shirt supposedly after every event. So if he's doing four or five events in New Hampshire, that means he's changing his shirt to four or five. He's so crisp and like you know. Yeah. I was trying to go see him in Franklin because that's a poor area, and I saw uh, Bernie there, and I wanted to see if he was wearing that same outfit, but I wasn't able to get to that one because it'd just be the contrast between the, the crowd and him in that freaking suit is just you know it's too much. He's, right. He's, he's, but this is from Down with Tyranny. This is what Howie Klein writes in a recent New Yorker profile of Pete Buttigieg. One sentence stands out, quote, watch Buttigieg long enough and you'll notice that he uses abstraction as an escape hatch, unquote. He goes on to write evasive platitudes are also routine for Joe Biden, the other major Democratic presidential candidate running in what mainstream journalists call the center lane. Like other so-called moderate politicians, Buttigieg and Biden dodge key questions by plunging into foggy rhetoric. They're incapable of giving a coherent and truthful account of power in the United States because they're beholden to corporate-aligned donors. Those donors want to hear double talk that protects their interests, not clear talk that could threaten them. Right, and and the networks, of course, just want to have more uh, commercials from the from the from the political people, so they just yeah. want the chaos to keep going. Yeah, when 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 uh, in that in that gaggle thing, you know, the the first woman was, you know, she asked for what was there a justification for this, and then Pete like turned it into like, no, 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 what you know, what are the repercussions? You know, he didn't answer, so she pounded again. You know, hey, was this justified? And he again like kind of skirted it and didn't really, you know, he'll acknowledge he, he the problems. Yeah, he doesn't want to. He does. Yeah, exactly. They acknowledge the problems, but they don't want. They don't want to be like tied down to uh, to, to any specific thing. It's okay, like, so so a lot of time. what do you got in terms of C? What's clip C? Okay, so that both of those clips were from the the, the third. So the rest of the clips are all going to be from January second, the day before. They're going to all be related to Yang. Um, there was no gaggle. I was told there was going to be one, and then I went to go into what appeared to be a very small gaggle, and then was told it was not a gaggle. So the first, the so uh, clip C is going to be. Um, there, they had like tables set up in the front, and I thought maybe those were special seats because it was a different layout than when I saw um, Warren in the same room. Okay. Um, poor. So anyway, so there's tables up there. So the, it's going to be a lady, and she ends up being someone who was supporting Kamala before okay. and is now looking at other candidates lost she's looking searching yeah. Yeah. right for another loser here we go yeah this is david bacon with the david feldman show it's uh january 2 we're in rochester new hampshire at a uh, andrew yang event and he's got an exceptionally good crowd i think it's probably the largest crowd i've seen of his at any of the events that i've seen of uh, of his so i'm up in the front there's yeah, they got like two tables situated here and uh, there's a uh, a nice group of different people here so um why did you uh and if you want to say your name go ahead why did you come see uh, yang tonight uh my wife worked for kamala harris oh 
and, right. and so now we're uh, You're looking for a new person. We're looking around, yeah. Right, right, right. Oh, that was too bad that she uh, dropped out. It was nice to have. Uh, it was nice to have her in the race. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was very nice to have her in the race. So, are you? Do you? Did you switch over to Yang to do anything for him, or are you still looking around? I'm still looking around. But if you find someone, then you might volunteer for them. Um, not at the moment. Right. But no, I'm but, here tonight. Right, right, right. But if you found someone, then you might. Yes, yeah. yes, I might. Right, right, right. Are, are you? Are you? Is there something you, you're looking for him to say? Do you have a question for him? Why did you choose to see him? Um, I have a few people that I know, and I got a call, and I was discussing it with um, Matt, and um, we're kind of just, you know, seeing him out. I'm right. talking, um, might ask him a few questions. We'll right. see if he says anything that, you know, I really need to, you know, hear. Right. Is there a specific issue that you're interested in? I want to talk about the health care, right. see how he's going to implement it in, right. see right. what's right. going to happen with that. Right. Yeah, that's on a lot of people's minds, especially, I think, now with the, with the cost. I think the drug, drug companies, it was just because it's a new year, I think a bunch of them raised their prices, like, and they all tried to stay, like, within 6%, like, up to 6%. There was some article I just read the other day. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. safe zone. Yeah. Right, like, oh, we're not going too crazy, because we know what happened to the, the companies that did that, you know, some time ago, but gosh, every year, more, it's just... It's always up 6%. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just such a... Oh, even with good health, even with presumably good health insur insurance, it's like, it's still a pain in the butt. Make sure you're covered. Is this in your right. group? And, right. right. And then you get the thing later, and then it's like, oh, and now I've got to call them and fight this thing, so I'd like to get rid of all of that, I would think, yeah, and probably you guys would, too. Yeah, make, whatever makes it easier. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, cool, I think he's running just a little bit late, because I think this is his last event of the day, and they do seem to, that happens as they stagger yeah. on. Sometimes the people are even late to the first one, and you're like, what's the problem with right. you? You're already here, you know, but anyway. Awesome, well, I hope you enjoy the uh, the, the talk and get, get some questions in, because he usually takes a, a bunch of questions from the audience, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Thank you. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, so I try to I'm trying to kind of push them towards the Medicare for all. If the healthcare is their issue, it's like, well, then, well, you know, what do you do? go see Bernie? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? But you know, I don't know. Try to you know slide in some, but yeah. So yeah, it's just interesting that they're you know so okay. that's that one. Clip D. So the, so Clip D is super quick. This is just them denying me this little thing. I walk up, you know, because I saw my recorder to go in because he's already asking. The guy's already talking to uh, Yang. But um, it ends up that the, the, the reporter is this guy um, who's pretty cool, Trent Spinner with one N. He's a writer for Political Politico. So he's interviewing Yang, and he writes, you know, he writes an article about Yang because like, Yang has a bunch of money, you know, uh, they released all the figures for the people lately. And um, Yang doesn't know what to do with his money in New Hampshire or something. So that guy was interviewing him about this article that he wrote in Political. So okay. this is just the 15 seconds of them denying me. Okay, good. I won't talk. I won't talk. Okay, yeah, no problem. Why are they turning you away? So, so originally, so the, 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 like the press dude originally, when I got there, I was talking with him and I said, Hey, is there going to be a gaggle after this? And he's like, yeah, I think there will be. I'm like, cool. So after Yang talked, he's in that like thing with the, or he's going to, or he's getting ready to do the like line where he does the photos. And 
he walked over and I and uh, Trent went over to talk to him. And I guess Trent had prearranged it with the press guy to individually get an interview. So when I walked over, the like there was a girl there who I don't know who she must also a lady. She must also be with Trent and Politico or something. And she was had a different recording device. So she was just like, oh, this isn't a gaggle. So then I'm just like, OK, I won't say anything. Freaking, I'll just record it because that's all that really matters. And we can play the tape. Um, and then that the guy from the from Yang's group who I talked to earlier, he came over and just kind of like pulled me away. So it was just like, OK. And it was very strange because I talked to him early and everything seemed cool and we seemed to be all good. And then... Do you think the Travis Bickle haircut frightens them? Oh, from, uh, from, uh, from, uh... Taxi oh, yeah, driver. Yeah, 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 Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I was, well, well, I had that book with me. What's the book where you have to carry? I don't yeah. know. Oh, well, never Okay, let, let's question. go to Clippy. Let, let's go to Clippy. What's Clippy? Okay, so, okay, so Clippy, and you should, because I don't... You do this Twitter stuff. You should tweet out or whatever that, however that works, to these guys. So this is going to be this Matt and Zach show. They're like, they have some YouTube channel, and you know they have like thirty-one thousand people following them. And so I guess they were like just young political dudes. They used to do like political jokey things on their channel, and then they seem to like fall in love with Yang, and now they're following him around. So, so they have a yen for yang. So they were live streaming you uh -huh. know, under their YouTube. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I went over and asked if I could interview him. And then so he was then this is after the event, obviously. So he was just going to film the uh, question or the the, 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 the film, the picture thing. And um, they still had like a thousand people watching the live stream when it was just yang okay. doing photos. So. I interviewed him. He turned the camera, whatever, so I'm on their thing. But you should tweet out to them that you're putting them on your show with this thing because I bet a bunch of his followers would then come to your show. Okay. You know? All right. Let's but listen. That's just my advice. Let's listen. Yes. Yeah, this is David Bacon at the uh, uh, for the David Feldman Show at the Andrew Yang uh, event in um, uh, Rochester. It's uh, January second, and I'm here with I think it's Matt yep. from the Matt and Zach uh, Show, which is on YouTube, and he's live streaming this event. Uh, do, do you live stream a lot of his events? Or yeah, like I was just in um, his whole Iowa bus tour. Oh wow! Went to Los Angeles for the debates. Was in South Carolina. Now I'm up here in New Hampshire. Did, did you get to go to his um, uh, New Year's event in uh, Nashville? Yes, sir. How did you find that? Uh, I thought it was great. There was right. a lot of energy in the room. When New Year's kicked off, the crowd, you know, went wild. Everyone right. seemed really excited for what's to come in 2020. So. Right, right, right. He said he was going to, um, um, uh, well, he didn't use the word massive, but uh, highly subsidize the alcohol that night. Is that Did that hold true? Uh, yeah, well, so what he did was he said, uh, I don't drink, but I have a stand-in named Sam. So if you want to get a drink for me, just order it for oh, Sam. That's funny. Right, right, right. Yeah. So. And I think he had champagne for yeah, everyone. He, he, yep, everybody had champagne. And then he had one glass of champagne at, uh, at midnight. Right at midnight. And then right, right, know, right. had to cut it off. Right. That's It's kind of it's got to be a pretty rare event to have a uh, New Year's celebration with uh, one of the candidates, especially someone who assumably you really like. No, sorry. Say that one more time. It's, it seems like it would be pretty rare to get to spend New Year's with one of the candidates, especially one that you really like. So that one must have been really special. Yeah, it's a very unique experience. Um, 
Like, I, I've never really uh, followed around, like, candidates before until right. Andrew Yang. So it's pretty cool that he does cool stuff like this where he'll actually spend New Year's Eve with the um, supporters. Right. I'm not really sure what the other candidates were right. doing. I think Bennett did that, too, but he has a very little following. I think this was uh, one of the largest uh, uh, turnouts I've seen, I think, at the uh, – well, I shouldn't say that necessarily. It's a different layout. But he had a great crowd tonight, I guess, is the best way yeah. to put it. Yeah, this was a packed house. And then even had an event yesterday where they were only expecting about 60 people to show up. They needed up. to go outside yeah, or something. And and, and it was over was a 100. Dartmouth, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. What do you think – what do you think uh, – do you want to? Uh, what do you think was the like? Uh, what has changed things? Do you think for him to get these bigger crowds? The, the, um, that debate performance. I think or? there's there's two factors. The debate. I think he had a really good debate. Um, it seemed like I think uh, a lot of the candidates up on the stage they were kind of just eating themselves alive uh-huh. while Andrew was just stayed focused. Right. Like doesn't attack the other candidates. Right. Right. Just right. Tries to answer the question as best as possible. Right. And then also. The, they had like the 16.5 million fundraising number. This right, morning. exactly. And then so yeah, that two, that's powered a lot yeah. of the ad campaigns, both here and in Iowa. So. Right, right, right. What was it that brought you to uh, Yang in the first place? What was your interest? Um, so the guy I run the channel with, Zach, right. he uh, watched Andrew on Joe Rogan back in February. Yes, exactly. And he had been looking for a candidate who would support UBI for a long time. Right. So pretty oh, much wow. within like five minutes of the interview, he was like, oh. Yang's my guy. Right, right, right. But me, it took like a little bit longer to come around because I kind of lean a little bit more towards the right side okay. of the aisle oh, okay, traditionally. But then, uh, like over time, just hearing him speak more and more, I realized how beneficial universal basic income would be to so many different people. Right. So, and then, just he's a. Well, the one thing that I really liked about him was. A lot of candidates, they talk about Trump so, so, so much. Right, right, and whether, like, you love Trump or hate Trump, it gets kind of tired, like, in a Democratic you keep talking primary. about it, right. Yeah, because right. I, I want to hear, you know, the candidates talk about the actual issues and right. solutions, yeah, which exactly. I feel like that's what Andrew does. Yeah, he's so data-driven. I think that's the coolest. Th- I mean, obviously, people really like the uh, idea of the UBI, the $1,000 a month. But I'm so happy to hear him or any of the candidates just be so data driven like hey here's the stats look look it up yourself this yeah. is the thing and then here's how it's we can solve that solutions oriented right exactly I feel like that he's open to any idea as long as it's going to actually solve the problems and make things better for everyone regardless right. of whether it comes from the left side of the spectrum the right side because I think both sides of the political aisle have some good ideas right so right I we're too divided on the thing of left and right yeah, his, his slogans you know not left not right just forward Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, where does he does he go? Where does is he here tomorrow too? Do you know? Do you have more uh, events? He, he is. This is his last event during his New Hampshire swing. Okay, He'll be headed heading to Iowa. He has an event there tomorrow right. night at like eight p.m. So do you go to that then? I won't be there tomorrow, but my plan is to fly in on Saturday. Wow! And are you is like your show that popular on YouTube that you that you can afford to do this kind of thing? Or yeah, we have um like ad revenue and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, 
my own like personal circumstances before doing this uh, YouTube thing. I ran my own business. Oh wow! So right. I luckily I was in I was fortunate enough to be in a position where right. I could pass that off to my brother. Oh awesome! Um, and he works. He can still run that. Yeah, he runs it and right. allows me to do this, which I'm really thankful. And yeah. To him for right. So right. Yeah, it's a, it's a me. I mean, I uh, I'm doing it a little differently because I'm I'm New Hampshire based and I stay here, but I get to see all of the candidates yeah. and really hear and get the like positives from each one and and you know because whoever gets the nomination assumably during the general they will start to incorporate the different people's ideas so you know yeah i'm not so worried about, uh, i shouldn't say that but whoever the you know again whoever the person is who goes for the general i think they will grab a little bit from everyone and hopefully they'll grab if it's not yang hopefully they'll grab some of his his good pointers or at least hopefully start to use data more and yeah, stuff well, he's, because, I mean, he's, he's already started changing the conversation like you i so many people there. Oh! Oh! New Year's fireworks are over! Wow. As you say, uh, that was, I think it was the October debate that CNN put on. So many different candidates, uh, I think Julian Castro, Tulsi Gabbard, talked about universal basic income, which had never happened on a right, debate stage. Right, before. right, right, right. Um, so he, he's already brought, he's already changed the conversation. Exactly. His, he's had a line back in, uh, I think it was August or September, where it was like, I'm either going to win or all the other candidates are going to sound a lot, lot like. Right, right, right. Yeah, at some of the other events that I've been to, where it was not Yang, and I maybe have mentioned, you know, him and stuff, or they've said it all on their own, where they're like, well, they were thinking of voting for someone else, but they were hopeful, they liked some of the things Yang was saying, and were thinking, well, at least let's put him in to a, a, a position within yeah. the government. I think, um, I, like, I'm a huge Yang supporter, obviously, but I try to, you know, be realistic about his chances. I think right. there is a path for Yang, right. but for that to happen, a lot of things are going to have to go right. Right, exactly. Um, and it's but, early to tell. I think, I think uh, if he doesn't win the nomination, I think uh, any of the other candidates would maybe be making a great choice by putting him in their administration. Oh, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. He would be a great choice for everyone. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time. Thank and you. what was the name of your, your show again? It is the Zach and Matt Show on YouTube, and you can also find us on Twitter at Zach and Matt Show. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Very charismatic. Oh, that guy? Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, yes. Well, he's the second person in the show. You know, I the other guy ju- you know I'm sure he's a very nice guy. I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, you know, oftentimes you'll see a woman walking down the street with a homunculus, and she's attractive, <laughs> and you wonder what does she see? You know, mm-hmm. the heart wants yeah. what the heart wants. I don't understand Yang or this guy, but, you know, politics makes... Strange bedfellows. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Last one. Clip clip F. Okay. So this this one, this girl, this young lady, I don't know, she had on a shirt that said 2024. And has these, like, pointy, I don't know, horns coming out of the top. And I noticed her when I was, you know, watching Yang talk, and I'm like, okay, what's up with her? And then she was in line to uh, get a photo. So after I did that interview with Matt, I was like, I got to see what's up with her. So apparently Kanye West is running for president in 2024. So that's what she, that's what Does her Kanye know that? Yeah, apparently so. I, there was like, I was, I was, I Googled that today and I saw that he, uh, I guess there was a big thing in November or something about him, uh, 
announcing again, and supposedly he's going to change his name to something because he's disappointed that he's not on like the Forbes billionaire list or something. Mm. So he's going to change his name to something about great, I don't know, whatever, billionaire, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So right. it's just so odd. So, but she also, it's cool. She's got a little placard. You'll see that, that a quote from, um, oh, uh, another hilarious comedian, uh, Norm MacDonald. Oh, so okay. about, about, yeah. He yeah. should so be it's writing interesting. For Norm, except for well, his politics, would so make a great can. president. Yeah, but he's from Canada. Even better. All right. So he, can't, he couldn't. Clip Beth. This is David Bacon from the David Feldman Show. I'm at the Andrew Yang event still. It's uh, January 2, and we're in Rochester. And there is a lady here who has a shirt, and I don't know if this is, maybe this is unrelated, but it says 2024 on your shirt. It does. What is that for? And it almost has spikes, too. It does. Uh, If you're familiar with Kanye West at all and the Yeezus album, you would recognize this shirt. Okay. Um, I'm here representing the Kanye West campaign of 2024. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's super fascinating. Now, you also have a, oh, wow, no, from Norm MacDonald. Yes. Which I, fabulous comedian. Uh, I like, this is from him, and this must be a tweet or something. Yep. Yep. I'm so culturally bad. Oh, yeah, Twitter. I like Andrew Yang the best because I'm a big fan of $1,000, always have been. So you are not a fan of Andrew Yang, then? I am a fan of Andrew okay. Yang, definitely. You're, you're just Norm thinking, is, too. You're just thinking ahead to the 2024. Yes, definitely. What, what is, um, and what did you say, Kanye West? Kanye West. What is Kanye West's platform for 2024? Uh, prison reform is definitely a big one, um, helping the black communities in America, Chicago, Detroit, that type of thing. Was he the guy who went and met Trump? Yeah. Oh, yes. And he wore a Make America Maga. Great and yep. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So are you, mm, so I'm confused a little bit. Is he, is he, yeah, yeah, it does. Is he still a Trump fan? We can all move up so that everyone doesn't get. Um, I don't want to speak, I don't want to speak for Kanye exactly, right. but, um, I think he'll have his endorsement in 2024, which I think will help with the Middle America vote. Wow. Um, so he's actually going to run in 2024? Yes. Oh, wow. He's actually going to win in 2024. Wow. Wow. And why did you get on his campaign so quickly? Uh, I've, so early? I've been on his campaign since 2016. So wow. I definitely believe that starting early is the way to win a campaign. Right. And uh, the most recognition and, uh, you know, eyes, thoughts, getting it in your head. Right. Like, obviously, it's not going to be important until around 2023, but yeah. if I'm planting that idea in people's heads, right, right, right. So it's if a little closer, would I, if not, other than the album, um, would I have, if I was like more of a social media person and that kind of stuff, would I have heard about this and known about this, or is it, you know, he's kind been, of on the down low? No, he's been pretty active in the last like year or so with uh, politics and his um, his stuff like that. Like for example, his wife Kim Kardashian West is uh, becoming a lawyer. She's working in prison oh, reform right. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I heard she's that got. Some yeah, people, yeah, yeah. Uh, freed already. Right. Like she got. That's right. She met, yes. That guy got off death row, or yes. at least temporarily off death row. Right. right. Um, so yeah, they've got some really important platforms, and if you just you know take the time and look into it, it's right. early, but you'll you'll see his vision for 2024 for sure. Right, right, right. Do you are you going to mention that to Yang that that's what or or no or? Uh, not today. Right. But um, 
you just bring it out there too for him, just yeah, a visual just for thing. everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like you, kind of right. like with the camera. Yeah, because I, I was just when I was, plant you were sitting seeds. in the back, and I was like looking around. I saw 2024. I'm like, okay, a little that's, early. That's but... interesting, but but hey, catches your eye, you know. Exactly. So, awesome. Do you want to say your name? It's up to you. Grace Laterno. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And what do you have a card or something? I don't have a card, but if you have a phone, you can do a yeah, photo of this great. thing, and then it'll take you right to the Feldman website. Sweet. And, I'll uh, look up you. You'll look up Kanye. It works. Exactly. Great. Exactly. Oh wait, you're getting. So we're almost out of time. Uh, how do I put this? Is she all there? Oh, she's like a, she's certainly a character. She, she, she has, she's an interesting, I mean, she would, you know, Does she if, just uh, want attention. Well, I don't know. She, she got that, like she, she had Yang sign her, you know, placard that had the uh, thing. Yeah. She's someone who, yeah, she's got, I, I can't remember if her hair was a different color. She's got a good, you know, she's got a, Interesting look. Uh, she's a character, without a doubt. So this you know, is somebody who lives in New Hampshire. She knows that every four years the press is desperate for a story. If you're unique, somebody will photograph you. I think that's a fair yeah. assessment it's, it's, of her, it's, right? It's, yeah, I don't think anyone photographed her, but but interestingly enough, after I talked with her, there's a reporter from, I think, the New York Times, who I've seen before, who did a quick interview with her also. Yeah, so but, she's... Yeah. It could be right. Kanye, it could be Ted Bundy, whomever. She just yeah, wants I mean, attention. I'm sure she wants attention. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, she, I, I bet she actually is somewhat of a fan of Kanye. I, I think that part was true. No doubt, you know, she, but she's a fan she of attention. Down a little bit. She she's a fan of herself. She was putting me down for not knowing, like, oh, if you, if you, if you knew Conway, like, whatever album it, like, cover that from or something, you know, like whatever yeah. but you know so she obviously knew, knows a little bit about him but okay. i don't know it's just you know it's interesting the people you know, great you job know, like i had no idea so yeah that's that citizen bacon where do you off to uh who's next well so well we already have i already have tape that same day i got the stuff with yang i saw i did a whole bunch of stuff with cory well i got i saw cory booker so we have a whole bunch of Cory Booker stuff. Um, I interviewed a uh, uh, New Hampshire senator who was there. Um, a state Cory senator. Booker tells it. Yes, a state senator. Um, I yes. Um, uh, Cory Booker tells a joke. Um, and I think uh, I think that's mostly Cory Booker stuff for next time. I'm now now tomorrow. I'm going the day you know. I'm going to see, or I'm going to go, there's a New Hampshire, uh, New Hampshire college convention. And there are two candidates who are coming just for that. Cause there's no other events anywhere around. Amy Klobuchar is going to be there in the morning. And then someone who we have not seen or heard of since the filing is making an appearance tomorrow. Deval Patrick. And, no, he's been up here a lot. Oh. No, no. So if you have something for this guy, cause we've dealt with him before. And you know he called he called one of the questions a smart ass question. It's your fan favorite Joe Walsh. We'll oh, Joe Walsh now. is back. Yes, the Republican. He's not been here, so he's going to be at this college convention 2020 at the DoubleTree in Manchester at five to six o'clock. I don't know what the you know I don't know if I get any to get close. To, I have no idea what to expect. I doubt there's going to be any gaggle at this kind of thing, you know, but I don't know what to expect. Ask him why so, he refuses to debate Donald Trump. Oh, does he refuse? No, it would be just funny to say, why do you refuse oh, to debate Donald Trump? What are you afraid of? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. 
Um, and then I have I set up an interview on Thursday to talk with the guy who did the, the guy who's the head of the cent, the law center or the, the whatever that part of the law center that brought Cory Booker to the thing. And so I want to talk to him about um, the impeachment and see what the constitutional guy can tell me about that. Okay, great job. So, all yeah, right, we'll David Bacon, Citizen Bacon, we'll talk to you for Friday's show. Sounds good. Stand in line for one second, sir. Sure thing.